Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear would inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. So all month here at Scarlet Note, we're going to be talking. Can anyone guess what the theme for the month is? Anyone guess? Can anyone guess? Can anyone guess? What is it? Heavens. Love. And I want to talk about our Heavenly Father's love for his children here on earth in this series that we are calling Heaven's Love. So my heart and aim is that we can all uh, deepen our understanding of our Father's love towards us and understand the reason for his son Jesus' mission and his purpose here on earth. You know, um, it's beautiful. I, I was listening to my grandson um, talk about his, his coming to reality with what Christmas was all about because his mama sat with him to talk to him about it. And he said, I thought that Christmas was all about gifts, but it's something else. It's about the birth of Jesus. And I was so proud of him. So, um, but, but we want to talk a little more in depth in this series that we're doing, the uh, uh, Father's, uh, I'm sorry, Heaven's Love. So it seems that for the last few decades, we find that Christians have misconstrued the love of God in the New Testament to mean that his love saves us from something instead of his love saving us to someone. And we're going to learn all month, and this is important, I don't want you to miss this line, that you are saved to someone, not from something. Christianity, specifically here in America, we have made salvation and we have made Jesus' purpose and mission here on earth to be about being saved from something instead of being saved to someone. That's what we're going to be talking about. And I want you to, if you can write that one down, write it down. If you learn anything by the end of the month and I bump into you and I say, so, so what did you learn? I would love that you could respond and say, you know what? That I was saved to someone, not saved from something. Thank you. John chapter three, we're going to look. John chapter three. We're going to look at these two verses. These two verses to me are interchangeable. They, they, they cannot be separated. They shouldn't be separated. But, but traditionally, it, it, it's been done. Dr. Gladys alluded to this last week. And I was thinking, I was like, she's, she's, she's stepping. She's overstepping. That's my, don't, don't, don't do it. We had Jose, had a whole table out here. And, and, and they had a table and, and a whole, I mean, you know, so then Gladys had a whole cross and bread and wine and oil. I'm thinking, how am I going to beat this? So I, I built all of that right there. I said, forget y'all. So I said, I'm going to get trees and balls and all this stuff. But, but, but I, want us, I want us to read these verses. And as we're reading these verses... 
because I know they're very familiar, I, I want us to just look at them with new and fresh eyes. Okay? All right? Okay? Guys, we do! Right? Yeah. All right. Yeah, this is, this, is a, this is a quiet crowd this morning. It's a quiet one. John 3, 16. Are we ready? For God loved the world. Who loved the world? Loved the world so much that he gave his one, how many? And, and there is, and there is, and, and he gave him his one and only son so that some white black hispanic rich poor we can go on and on and on everyone what's the contingency here what's the condition who believes in him who's the him who's the him the one the only all right who believes in him will not but have what the problem is that many of us stop here in fact there have been many campaigns and many campaigns throughout the history of the church specifically here in america and this is it this is where it stops so we have learned that salvation and jesus's purpose here on earth is to save us from something so that something being hell or eternal condemnation it's 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 what we have made christianity and the good news of the gospel of jesus we have made it to be that jesus comes to earth to save us from something and we forget that he saved us to someone heaven's love verse 17 verse 17 god sent his son into the world into the world come on wake up not to not to what not to what not to what come on wake up say it louder not to what but to do what but to do what but to do what to save the world and do it through him. Now we need to chew on this. Wrap our head around this. And, and the reason I want you to pay attention to, to this whole series is, is, is that there, there is a movement for many years that, 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 that really prides on, on, on fear. It's, it's a fear of what's coming to you because you don't believe or you're not saved and they move in fear and intimidation and that wasn't the purpose for Jesus' purpose and mission here on earth these two verses are going to be the premise for the discussion all month here so I want to encourage you during the week to continue to read on don't just stop in verse 17 but continue to read on um, on your own time and if you are, are these deeper you know thinkers and, and you like to study uh, hey just continue to read the full chapter read the one prior and the one after 
for those that want a little uh, reading material, there's a great book out there by uh, A.W. Tozer, and, and it's on Amazon. You can order it on Amazon. They have the, the, the hard copy. They have a, a soft one. They also have the, uh, the paperback is what I meant to say, and then they also have an audio book. You can check that out, and it's called No Greater Love, No Greater Love by A.W. Tozer, and, and this this book is is a compilation of all of his sermons. This was a, a real good pastor out in 1963, and he talks about God's love in such a deep, intimate way that I had never uh, read before and heard before, and it really moved me, and it's what inspired this uh, series. So um, if you like to read, I want to encourage you to get the book. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a very, very good read. But I want to begin in verse 16, and then we're going to transition to 17, maybe towards the end of my chat today or next week. It's important that before we move on, we understand about the Bible. We understand this. I want you to understand this. The Bible is a collection of 66 books, okay? So the Bible isn't just one book. It's 66 books. So it's a library of 66 books. In these six books, they, they were written, okay, within the span of 1,500 years, but they were written primarily in three different languages. So the Old Testament uh, uh, were written in uh, old traditional Hebrew and Aramaic. In fact, Aramaic is a language that almost died off and little by little is, is, is being brought back, little by little. But the Old Testament was written in Aramaic and Hebrew. Then the New Testament, let me hear you say New Testament, is, is written in Greek. So you got these three languages. This is how the Bible has been written. So the version you get is one that's been translated, translated. So you have to understand that there's always a play with specific words. Okay? So it's Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. Last month, when we gave you the word kinonia, the reason we did that, we wanted to use that word kinonia, is because of its meaning when you translate it into the English, it can lose its value. So we wanted to use the Greek word so that you would understand and have a greater appreciation for that word, which kinonia means what? What does it mean? Fellowship. Um, anybody, has anyone seen fellowship a little different since we talked about it? I heard people say, yeah, we having some kinonia. Some people call it kilolia. Some people call it kanania. And then on and on, I'm like going, you know, they get the idea. Yeah, you know, you get the idea. And, and, and but that's the point. It's understanding that there are words in the Bible that if, if, if you don't take your time to study them, you, you can almost lose the importance and the value and the worth of what the, 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 the scripture was trying to tell us. So I, I want, does everybody understand that about the Bible being written in those three different languages? Okay. So there's a Greek word that's being used in that specific verse. Uh, David, could we put back um, uh, 316, please? When, when, when John is writing this out, I want us to focus on the word world, okay? Pause there, and I want you to focus on the word world. That word world, in the Greek, the word that's used there is cosmos, with a K, K-O-S-M-O-S, cosmos. 
And cosmos in the Greek, all right, in the Greek is where we get our English word cosmo. Okay? Everybody with me? That's, that was easy. That wasn't that deep. Well, we're going to get into that. The Greek word cosmos and the usage here in this verse extends to cover heaven, it covers earth, and it covers people. So cosmos covers earth, heaven, and people. Now, the New Living Translation Study Bible defines that same word, world, world, cosmos, as earth, its inhabitants, and human race. Are we following? Everybody with me? And then if you further study it more, then you get, um, I, I use the Sondervan, uh, Sondervan's um, uh, illustrative Bible dictionary. And what they do is that they use words. They use synonyms to define specific Greek words. And what you find is that that word right there, cosmos, uh, what they use is the word adornment. They use the word universe. And then they use the word, which is where I want to focus today, order. 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 Pastor, I'm confused. I don't know where you're going with this. If we were to go back to read, for God so loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. But if we used the Greek definition, and instead of just using uh, the word world, and you put in there the word order, for God so loved the order. Order. So much. He loved what? He loved what? He loved what? The God we serve is a God of order. The God we serve is a God of order. Order matters to him. Because the opposite of order is what? Chaos. Disorder. It goes against the character of kingdom sovereignty. So God wants order in our lives. He wants order in our homes. He wants order in our marriages. He wants order in our churches. He likes and loves order in our finances. He loves and, 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 and enjoys order in our parenting. You think there's a little problem with parenting during this time? Lately? Anybody? From the inception of the world, God comes into earth to bring order. And he brought order where there was disorder. He places order in uh, the book of Genesis. As you're reading in the book of Genesis in the Bible, the first book of the Bible, what we find is that he organizes, he puts back in order what was in chaos. Heaven was in chaos. He puts it back in order. He puts order in the sky, order in the sea. Order on land and even under the earth. And then he creates man and he creates woman. 
And as he creates man and woman, he gives them an assignment to man and woman to ensure that they would guard and they would keep that order on earth. God then looks at the order. Somebody say order. Come on, say it out louder. Order. He looks at all the order. Sky, the land, the sea, the animals, the birds. And he looks at it all. Then he looks at man. He looks at woman. And after it's all in order, then God says, it is good. Are we getting it? The enemy comes to the scene. And when the enemy comes to the scene, talking about Satan, the devil, our adversary, he comes by way of a serpent, according to Genesis. And he comes to interrupt order. He comes to interrupt mankind's order. And when he comes... God had given man and woman dominion, which means an authority. It means they had a role on earth. They had control. They had authority. They had governing power. But because Satan comes in, he now interrupts it. No longer does mankind have this dominion. Sin, somebody say sin. As a result, now sin enters the world And as a consequence to sin, death follows. Now the enemy comes out, and if we fast forward to the New Testament, sin entered the world because of a man named Adam. Somebody say Adam. And that word Adam just means red. Red. The word Adam means red. You know, it's funny when we hear people fighting about you know, my roots, my black roots, my white roots, my, and, and on and on and on. All of us, we were all born red. We're just, just we're, we're red. And, and that's what Adam means. It means red, red clay. That's what it means, red, right? So, so Adam, because of his disobedience, ushers in sin and death. And then that is what happens throughout the history of our existence now it permeates sin death permeates and and all of us are born into it all of us no matter no matter what you're born into it old young we're all born into what sin so we fast forward and we go into the new testament say the new testament then jesus comes into the scene somebody say thank god for jesus and this is why i want you to understand why this is important Jesus is now on the scene, and the Bible calls Jesus not just the second Adam, but he calls him the last Adam. Are you following? He's not just the second. He is the last. There will never be another one. There, there will never be another one. He is the last Adam. And this is, this is important. I don't want you to miss this. He comes into the scene. And he comes back to place back in order what the enemy, what the enemy interrupted by way of the first Adam. 
1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 21, 22. And I'm going, I'm going to take my time. We're going to go real slow because I want you to get this. So you see, just as, just as, just as came into the world through a man. Come on. Come on. Come on. What? Now. Come on. The resurrection begins when? Huh? Hey, listen. But when does it begin? When does it be when does it begin? The time. When? The world through a man. Now the resurrection from the dead has what? Has what? Has what? Come on, resurrection power has already begun is on earth. And we're not excited about that. That's good news. Let me that's good news. Resurrection power, the same power, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. That's good news. The Bible says that this resurrection power from the dead has begun through what? Through what? Through what? Through what? Another man. Let's keep reading. Just as everyone dies. This is a problem. I think I, think I was talking with this, my brother Angel. You know, part of the problem is that in our humanity, we live with a level of arrogance thinking that we are immortal. That we're, we're here on earth and we're not going to die. So we take everything lightly. We take our time with our parents lightly. We take our time with our children lightly. We take, we take time with our siblings lightly. Jemaine, I'm sorry. We take time with our siblings lightly. We, we take time with our friends, everything. We take it, why? Because we think we're more, we think we're untouchable. Young people, we're all gonna die. It's there, everyone. Listen, dies because we all belong to what? Now, you ready? I love the comma. Everyone who belongs, everyone, man, you got to get excited about this. Everyone who belongs to, 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 man, you can't get Christmas without the word Christ. You do just can't, you can't get Christmas without that word. Listen, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given what? Will be given what? Will be given what? New life. Get excited about that. Is that the last verse there, David? It is. Okay, I'm sorry. All right, new life. When Adam's sin, sin enters into the world, Adam's sin brought death and sin to everyone. It spread to everyone. And however, the sin that entered the world couldn't be taken into account during that time. For their specific, uh, that particular people, because the law didn't exist. All right, so I'm just kind of give you a, a little uh, it's something called theology, and and because law didn't exist, God couldn't hold man accountable. So before the the Ten Commandments, we call them ten, but there were more than ten. Um, before the commandments, if you murdered someone, oh well. You just keep it moving. Cain murdered his brother. Kept it moving. 
If you committed adultery, whatever, you just keep it moving. Fornicate, it doesn't matter. You keep it moving. Why? There was no law in place prior to the commandments. So where there is no law, scripture says there is no sin. So then law has to now come on earth to be established so, so that then there could be um, uh, uh, justice. So God then establishes with, within his chosen people, the people of Israel, his, his laws, his commandments, by which they should all abide and live so that they would avoid the wrath, the judgment of God. So now God's laws, they're always given so that people could see how sinful they were. They didn't know that they were that bad because there were no laws. Could you imagine lawlessness? So there had to be a law. Now, despite the laws in place, sin still abounded in the lives of God's people. So a sacrificial system is put in place, and even the sacrificial system could not permanently cleanse people from sin. So there's sacrificial system. It was a system of killing an innocent animal for the guilty sin of man. You had to come and sacrifice a poor animal and its blood would run and then that 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 would that would cover your sin for that moment go to hebrews chapter 10 verse 1 through 4 and you got please you should be writing these verses so you could go home and read this stuff because there's a lot of craziness that's being taught out there and if you're not understanding this stuff listen i'm i'm giving you the scriptures so that you have a defense or you have a response you have a rebuttal when someone comes to you, all right, to tell you that you have no hope. Let's read this. Verse 1. The old system under the law of Moses was only a, only a, a shadow, a dim preview of the, of the, uh-oh. So the law that's in place. It's a temporary, and it was just a little, a little touch, all right? There's something good that's coming. Something good is coming. Now, not the good things themselves. Keep going. The sacrifices under that system were repeated what? Again and again, year after year, but they were never able to provide perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. Are we getting this? We worship differently. All right, these are times. During that time, these poor people that went to worship, they had to show up with an animal and they only did it once a year during the time of atonement, which I don't have time to get into that. But listen, once a year, that was it. And it had to bring, this is my sacrifice. We, this is different for us. We're, we're, this is different for us. If they could have provided perfect cleansing, then the sacrifices would have stopped. For the worshipers would have been purified once for all time. And their feelings of guilt would have, again, next but instead, those sacrifices actually, what did they do? They remind them of their sins year after year. Did we cut a verse there uh, short? 
But instead, those sacrifices actually reminded them of their sins year after year. Okay. Four, it is not, it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats, animals, to take away sin. Something else was needed. Heaven's love. Somebody say heaven's love. Heaven's love is a permanent remedy. Somebody say a permanent remedy. Heaven's love is a permanent remedy for the issue of man's sin. Heaven's love is demonstrated. Let me tell you, church after church after church after church, so we're so sin conscious. Just talk about sin, 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 and, and this is sin, and that is sin, and your mama's sin, your grandmom's sin, and your daddy's sin, and everything is a sin, and you eat this, and that's sin, and you dress this way, that's sin. And every, everything is sin, and, and it all is going to lead to hell, but no one is talking about the remedy. We need to talk about the remedy so that you understand that the remedy is now. The remedy is now. Thank you, doctor. Heaven's love demonstrated in that a perfect permanent answer now comes from heaven to earth to do what? To take away the sin that sacrifices could not do. Jesus, listen to this, prior to his ministry on earth, before he launched his ministry, before he launches his ministry, Jesus is saying, Jesus says, I got to go get baptized. All right, I got to go get baptized. And, and before he gets baptized, he says, I'm going to go see my cousin. He walks down to the Jordan uh, uh, River, and out of John chapter 1, verse 29, his, his cousin, when his cousin sees his cousin, and he sees him coming, the next day the Bible says that John saw Jesus coming toward him, and what did he say? Come on, exclamation mark. What did he say? What did he say? What did he say? The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Oh, you got to get excited about that. He, he, he said, look, <laughs> look, there he is. That's the one. Jesus is the perfect and only needed sacrifice to take sin away from man. Jesus and only Jesus. Notice that there's no mention about church. There's no mention about giving. There, there is no, there's just no mention. Jesus takes away the sin of the world. No other sacrifice could fully satisfy the penalty of sin, especially for all mankind. For since yesterday, since today, since tomorrow. Amen. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, that's a new way of it. Tell them, Pastor. Uh. Well, I'm glad it came from the baby and not the mom. <laughs> the world is once again, and once again, Jesus comes to earth, and from the moment his feet touch earth, order begins to come back. Order begins to happen on earth. Jesus is then before his death and resurrection and before he goes into heaven, he has an intimate time of prayer. He's, he's going to pray. And he's, a, he's, he's, he's about to have an intimate moment of prayer because he's about to die. He's, he's saying goodbye to his, to his followers, to his disciples. And right before he says this prayer, 
And the reason I love going back and always reference this prayer, this prayer is very important. It's very important, valuable that you understand this prayer because this prayer is not only for his disciples then, this prayer is for his disciples now and even tomorrow. So this prayer is a prayer for you. It's a prayer for me. So Adrian, come here real quick. Adrian, I want you to pretend that you're on your knees and you are one of the disciples and Jesus is closer and, and, and he's about to, he's about, he's praying for his disciples. And, and this is what he says. And this is what he says in, in verse 18, put up verse 18, if you can for me, he says, just as he's talking to his father in prayer, he says, just as you sent me into the world, I am sending, I am sending, I am sending, I am sending into the world. He didn't send us to have church services on Sundays. That's not what this is about. He sent you into the world. He sent you into the what? He sent you into the, he sent, what we do on a Sunday is just a small component of what the purpose is. What really matters is what you're doing Monday through Saturday. This is just a small part. Good, thank you. No, 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 no. Not you, no. Oh, you stay right there. I'm not done praying. I don't finish praying for you, then you're going to go back all jacked up. Let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. And then he said, I, I give, I give, come on. I give as a sacrifice for who? So they can be by your truth. Keep reading. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. So that's where you are included in this prayer. You can have a seat now, son. All right. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Jesus prayed for you. And not only did he pray for you, but he's also praying for those that are going to hear the message that comes from you. What is the message? Come to church with me on Sunday, girl. Is that the message? Got to get the message. Continue. I am praying not only for those disciples, but also for those who believe in me through what? Their message. Our Father and his love from heaven provided a way once and for all for all that believed in who? In who? Who? We sang about it today, guys. Just got emotion. You're thinking, it's, it's not, it is the song is pretty. No, you got to listen to the lyrics. Alexis was singing, it's a beautiful name. The world will remind you, Satan will remind you of your failures and your sins. You got to remind him of the name of Jesus. That's what you got to remind, remind him of the name of Jesus. People will always remind you of your failures. They will always remind you of your imperfections. But you can stand boldly on the name of Jesus that made you holy. 
Now, we are made holy not by anything that we can ever do. There is nothing. Listen, nothing. Say nothing. Nothing you could ever do. Nada. Nothing. Nada. Nothing you could ever do to be more holy than what Jesus has already made you. That's good news. However, this is a gift. Somebody say a gift. This is the gift of heaven's love. This is the gift of heaven's love. Jesus gives us himself. He gives us himself the gift from heaven and he gives it to you freely. And all we have to do is two things. We have to believe and what? Receive. We have to believe and we have to receive. It's there. It's yours. It's, it's there. Go get it. It's there. It's yours. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 through 9. I'm giving you these scriptures so you can read, 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 read. God saved you by, 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 not your sacrifices. Yeah. You know what? Stand to your feet. Let's take a moment. Just to, Come on. Just stand to your feet. Just t- stand to your feet. Just take a moment just to say thank you. Come on. Just take a moment to say thank you. Come on. Just take a moment to say thank you for your grace. Thank you for your gift. Come on. Take a moment. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Take a moment to say thank you. You know your shortcomings. You know your imperfections. You know your faults. You know the mess in your life. And God says, no, I've already sent one that will make you holy. I've sent the remedy that's going to make you righteous in my eyes, not in the eyes of anyone else. Celebrate that. Come on. Now have a seat. We got another 50 minutes. God saved you by his what? His grace. When did he save you? Why? When did he save you by grace? When? When did he do it? When? 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 When you believed. Wow. Are you ready? Let's keep reading. And you can't. Why? Why? Man, I'm jacked up. I'm imperfect. I mess up all the time. I say the wrong things. I do the wrong things. And I'm constantly reminded of all my shortcomings because of my humanity. But then I'm reminded about what? His gift. And then it's that gift that says, son, you will always be my son. Daughter, you will always be my daughter. I know you've messed up. I know those things, but I already gave you a remedy. Yeah. Is there more? (laughs) Oh, man. Listen to that. Read that. Salvation is not. It's, It's right there. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done. Man, you see people Sunday after Sunday where they're best in their Bibles and, 
and, and the, the way they dress and they speak and, they, and on and on. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done. So that what? Not one of us can do what? Boast about it. I am no more saved than you are. Let me say that again. I'm the pastor here at the church and I am no more saved than you are. The same amount of grace that's been given to me is the same amount of grace that's been given to you. And it's a gift. Yeah, yeah, you should clap for that, guys. I, that's, that's, that's. And guess what, guys? We're not going to get it. You're not going to understand it all. You're not going to understand it all. But that's okay. As long as you can understand this. Salvation isn't a reward. Salvation isn't compensation. Salvation isn't deserved. You don't deserve salvation. Salvation isn't owed. No one owes it to you. Salvation can't be gained and you can't purchase salvation by how many offerings you give or you don't give. Salvation isn't earned. How do you receive salvation? How do you receive it? How? By what? Two things I said. First, you believe it. Then you receive it. The problem is, believing for a lot of people is a very hard thing. That's why they can't receive it. They can't receive it because they can't believe that someone would have this much what? Love. Sorry, Adrian, I tripped over your life. Believe it or not, it's not that easy. And today, many Christians can't wrap their heads around understanding this because you're trying to understand it with human understanding. And, and you'll never understand. You'll never understand. Think about that. Does it make sense? Angelo, does it make sense that someone tells you, bro, go spend everything. You can go and buy anything you want in the mall. Go, go. I'm going to give you a check and just, it's a blank check. Whatever you want, just go for it. Buy it. And then you go and then you buy it. And then they say, hey, just bring, bring, bring back. I want a copy of the receipt. And then when you go and you buy it all, you bring back that receipt. And then the guy goes, pay for, there's another blank check. And he gives you another blank check. And then goes, go, keep, keep going. Keep going. It doesn't make sense. His love is endless. You can't bankrupt heaven. Listen, you can never, ever bankrupt heaven. There's so much love for you. There's so much forgiveness for you. And you know what's the best thing about God and how he forgives you? The Bible says that he forgives you and then he doesn't remember it. It's done. Wait a gone. He's giving you new life. Say new life. The Angelo from yesterday does no longer exist. You got a new life. You wake up every morning, new life. Man. Every, new life. New life. You have to believe it. John chapter 1 verse 12, 13. We're wrapping this thing up. Listen. But to some who believe. To 
to all who believed him and did what? He gave the, the, to what? To become what? What do you have to do? Believe and accept it. I just, I, I don't want to, I don't want to rush this. I don't want to rush this. Because many of us are living with this just constant guilt of your failures and your shortcomings. Where's Adrian? I can't see Adrian. Okay. Adrian, stand, stand right there. Where's uh, Pastor Babu? Okay, it's okay. He's ugly anyway. I don't want Alexis, stand up. There's nothing that Adrian can do. Nothing that Adrian can do to stop being my son. Nothing he could ever do. Yeah, he's tried. Oh, he's tried. There's nothing that she could ever do to stop being my daughter. Nothing. She's done good. She's done bad. No, she's this girl. She's amazing. No. But, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, those are, but listen, come here, Papa, come here, Papa. But there's nothing, there's nothing Papa could ever do to stop being my son. He's messed up. He's messed up. They've messed up. They've made mistakes. They're not perfect. And over and over, over and over, they would never stop being Adrian Carmona, Jose Carmona, Alexis. They will forever be my children. Have a seat, guys. You can never stop being God's children. You can never stop being God's children. Listen, for those that believe and accept, problem is it takes a level of faith to believe this. And that is our challenge here on earth, is living a life that exercises a level of faith so that we may believe, we may believe, I am his child. And nothing will ever take that away. He's my daddy. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnote.org. See you next time.